Now let's continue on with the washing of the water by the word. Because we need God's spirit and we need his word. And what we need to do is have our minds cleansed. Now, hold your place here in Psalms because we'll come back to Psalm 19. But what I want to go to is Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10 and verse 16. Because here is the the whole thing concerning how we get converted and changed and then build the character of God. Now they know this, that whenever we change our thinking, our brain structure changes. And that the, the connections between the different cells of the brain refocus in a different way. That's how, for example, when you first learn to ride your bicycle, you're scared to death and you think you're ready to fall down, and sure enough, you do fall down, see? And so then they invented training wheels, and then you put it on with training wheels, and you don't know how to hold this thing up, and you you gradually learn how to do it. Then when you get it all down pat, and you have trained your brain on what to do, why? You can do so many things. You can do wheelies. You can do squealies. You can do, you know, uh, loop-de-loops and all this sort of thing. And, you know, you know, just when to lean, you know, when to, not to lean. And everything comes automatic. Same way with driving a car. Mm-hmm. You first get in, start driving a car. Oh, man. But once you train your mind or your brain, then it connects And it does it more automatically. Okay? So this is how the Holy Spirit works. And the washing of the water by the word. Hebrews 10 and verse 16. Okay? Let's go back to verse 15. Hebrews 10, verse 15. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after he had previously said... This is the covenant that I will establish with them after those days, says the Lord. I will give my laws into their hearts, and I will inscribe them in their minds, changing the way that we think and changing the structure of our brains. That's conversion, and that is the result of having circumcision of the heart okay now let's come back here to psalm 19 psalm 19 and let's see how that works let's see what it does for us okay and we'll see why it does it for us okay psalm 19 and let's pick it up here in verse 7 Psalm 19 and verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. Now, if you had a perfect one rare gold coin, would you throw it away? No, you wouldn't. You would treasure it, right? Yes. Well, God's law is that way. So that puts that's where the Protestants put themselves. They throw away that which is perfect by saying it's abolished, 
and accept the traditions and doctrines of men in place of it. The law of the Lord is perfect. Now, just turn the page back here to Psalm 12 and verse 6. Then we'll come right back to Psalm 19. Psalm 12 and verse 6. The words of the Lord, by the washing of the water of the word, are pure words, and by the word, Jesus said, you are cleansed. It changes your mind. It helps you overcome the sin within, and it actually restructures your brain. That's why when you have a real problem you need to overcome, you ask God to please, with the washing of the water of the word, get rid of this memory in my mind. Let me remember the lesson. But I don't want to live through it anymore. I don't want to see it in the window of my mind anymore. Okay? Words of the Lord are pure, like gold tried in a furnace of the earth, purified seven times. Okay? Now, back to Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. Gives you health. Physical health spiritual health. And if you have spiritual health and peace of mind, your body is going to be more healthy. Is that not correct? Do not a lot of the problems and sicknesses that people have are a result of sin externally and sin internally? Yes. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. In other words, giving you a new education. Letting you be able to see things in the perspective that God sees them. Or if we could, if we have glasses, since you just took off your glasses, you know, through the lens of Scripture. That's how we are to view things. Enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Now notice what all these things cover. See? And then we'll take some scriptures out of Psalm 119 here in just a little bit and see how all of this ties together. It's a fantastic thing. See? The fear of the Lord is clean. Doesn't come with any baggage. When you love God and fear Him and keep His commandments, It's right. It's good. It's true. You're doing the right thing. Enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So you see why we need to have our minds converted and changed by the washing of the water of the word. Now, I know that I've had had some things come along in my mind that I've just had to pray to God that way. Oh, Lord. Cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word. Help me to just forget this. Get it out of my mind. Remove this thought from me. Have you ever had that happen to you? Something just keeps coming, bam, in your mind. Bam, in your mind. Well, then you have to go to God that way. You have your part to do, but God will do it, see? The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether, more to be desired than gold, yea, much fine gold, sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. Now notice what happens 
when you have these things in your mind, when the laws and commandments of God are in your mind inscribed there as part of the way that your brain is structured and then led by the Holy Spirit. Notice what it says. Moreover, verse 11, by them your servant is warned. That's that automatic thing that comes up, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not going to do that. Internal warning signal. Now, in our house, we have ADT uh, protection against thieves, burglars, and even us if we forget to turn it off. (laughs) And one time it went off. And so I was upstairs. And so ADT called in about 10 seconds. So I'm standing there. Hello, who is this? This is Fred Coulter. What's your password? I don't know. (laughs) Because I didn't know it. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's only if you get caught in the house with the alarm going off. Okay. Hopefully we're not thieves. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'll have I'll have Bonnie edit that. The pass our password is mmm. And I said, No, I don't know what it is. Um What's the name of your neighbor across the street? (laughs) I couldn't remember. I don't know. Well, why don't you let me hang up and I'll get the information and call you back. No, no, I can't have you hang up. See, because that, as Dolores pointed out, that's just the way a thief would answer it. See, well, I don't know, but I'll find out. In the meantime, you you never call back. You rob the house and get out of there. <laughs> so I had to call on Dolores. Help. What is the password? <laughs> okay. What is the name of the neighbor next door? Okay. All right, because she was ready to call the police and dispatch them out there immediately, you see. Okay. So just exactly like with the with the word of God, see. Once you have these things in your mind, you are warned. Don't think that. Don't do that. See? Replace it with something good and right. Let it be washed out of your mind. Now notice, in keeping them, there is great reward. What are the greatest rewards? Love, joy, peace, peace of mind, understanding. Correct? Aren't those the greatest rewards? Yes. Here's something else it does. Verse 12. Who can understand his errors? Because you don't know right from wrong unless you know the word of God. And it doesn't automatically work unless it's written in your heart and in your mind. That's what conversion is all about. Notice what he he says the last part of verse 12. Oh, cleanse me. How? With the washing of the water by the word from my secret faults, the secret recesses of your mind. That's what God wants us to do. Now, we'll show you how to do it here in a little bit. Okay? And keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins 
and do not let them rule over me. See, this is the whole whole thing all together. That's why we're to have the laws in our minds and inscribed in our hearts. That's why when we get to Psalm 119, we're going to see all the things there. Oh, how I love your law. How we, how do I cleanse my way? What do I do? And all of these things, it just, it's fantastic when we put it all together. Okay. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great sin, transgression rather. I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart with the washing of the water of the word, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. All right, let's go to Psalm 119. Now we'll look at several several sections of it. Now, if you want a really fantastic revelation concerning the laws, commandments, statutes, judgments, precepts, uh, uh, everything about God's way, his testimonies, read all of Psalm 119. Not all the way through. Take each section. Now this is an unusual, unusual psalm. Now notice, right above verse 1, it says Alpha. That's the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Okay? Okay. Each verse in the Hebrew begins with alpha. doesn't begin that way in English. And in each section, there are eight verses times 22, which is the number of uh, letters in the Hebrew alphabet, then is takes up all the verses. And let's see what the last verse is here so we can get the, the right one. Okay. 176. Okay. 176. Now, this psalm, the entire psalm is called a, a psalm of degrees. And each one of these eight verses is a degree. And the singers at the temple were to memorize this, to sing it from memory and notice notice what it says here. Let's just start with verse 1 because this is a really good place for us to begin. Okay? Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. And if it's in your mind, you're going to walk in it automatically, right? Blessed are those who keep his testimonies and who seek him with the whole heart. And that's what's to happen as we become more converted, become more wholehearted. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. So if if someone says, how do you live? Well, I I walk in the ways of the Lord. How do you live? (laughs) You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Now, precepts is interesting. That's every concept of God, diligently. Now, notice he laments a little bit here of the pull of human nature. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I shall not be ashamed when I have respect unto all your commandments. 
I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I have learned your righteous judgments. And that's what happens with the washing of the water of the word. See, this is why we have Sabbath services. This is why we go through the word of God. This is why we do what we do, because God is converting us, and we're growing in grace and knowledge. He is perfecting us. He's getting us ready for his kingdom through the washing of the water by the word. I will keep your statutes, O forsake me not utterly. Now notice verse 9, which ties all of this together. With what shall a young man cleanse his way? Young man or young woman, all right? Notice, by taking heed according to your word. You follow the word of God. You know the word of God. And have it written in your heart with the washing of the water of the word. And also what it does with the washing of the water of the word, it cleanses out those secret little things in the corner of your mind that only you know that only you've experienced, those things that you've told no one. And all of us have plenty of those, don't we? Yes, indeed. See, God cleanses all of that out. Then notice what it says here. How shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you, O let me not wander from your commandments. Now, notice the cooperation that we need also. Your word have I laid up in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Okay? The more you understand the word of God becomes part of the way that you think, the less you're going to sin. And that's the whole purpose of it, see? Now, verse 12. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. All right. Let's look at a few more. Come down here to verse 18. This this one I really, really, really like because this explains more about the Word of God. Now, how is the Word of God written? Line upon line, precept upon precept, little here, little there. Okay, Are there things in the Word of God that even though you've gone over in the past, you go over it and you learn more, right? You understand more. Well, that's what verse 18 is all about. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Or we can also say, you know, out of the Gospels, out of the general epistles, out of the epistles of Paul, out of the book of Revelation. Open my mind, open my eyes that I may behold, and that is understand, see the things that I've never understood before. And those things will come with the washing of the water of the word. All right. Let's turn the page here and come over to verse 33. Verse 33. I like this section here. Teach me, O Lord. And that's all a part of our prayers to God. How do we learn the Bible? Well, God is the one who teaches us. How does he teach us? Well, from his word. We study. With his spirit, it's written in our hearts and in our minds. That's how he teaches us. And what does it say? What does it say there in John 6 and verse 45? 
and all shall be taught of God. So the whole, all of the mechanics of learning and teaching and growing and understanding and God's spirit all come from God. So if we want to understand something, we ask God, teach me. He's not going to teach it to you instantly. You've got to search it out. You've got to put it together. And then when you do, you'll know, well, God has taught me. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. See, notice the complete yieldedness to God, the complete fantastic attitude toward the laws and commandments of God. That's why you've heard me say in the past that Psalm 119 has got to be a prophetic, uh, how should we say, a prophetic understanding of how Christ looked at the laws of God. Not entirely, but in the main. Now notice verse 35. Make me to walk in the path of your commandments. Now what is a path? Path is a way. Who is the way? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? Walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in them. What did Jesus say? He said, if you love me, keep the commandments, namely mine. See? See how the Bible all ties together? Old Testament, New Testament. Notice verse 36. We're going to cover all eight verses in this section. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. See? He didn't want to become double-minded like we started out there in James, the first chapter. Turn away my eyes from seeing vanity. Give me life in your way. See? And didn't, didn't we read, you know, look at Solomon. Did he get lifted up in pride and vanity in his old age? Yes, indeed, he sure did. Did not David with the thing with, he wasn't old age then. He was, must have been about, what, about his 50s at that time. That uh, with Bathsheba, hey, but he learned, okay, see, give me life in your way. Fulfill your word to your servant so that you may be full, may be feared. All right? Fulfill your word to your servant. And if we add to that the washing of the water of the word, the growing in knowledge and understanding and grace with the word of God, by the spirit of God, then all of this comes alive. I don't know about you, but hey, when I read and study Psalm and 19, I get all excited, and I feel about this high. Well, you'll understand why. Let's continue here. Verse 39, Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for your judgments are good. Behold, I have longed for your precepts. You know, as David said in another psalm, I have longed after you as in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Give me life in your righteousness. That's fantastic. All right. Next section here, verse 47 and verse 48. Now, and what I want you to do is tie all of this together with the washing of the water by the word. 
I will delight myself in your commandments, which I have loved. I will lift up my hands unto your commandments, which I have loved, and will meditate on your statutes. Now that's how you get them written in your heart and in your mind. See? All right. Let's look at another section here. Uh, 49 and 50. Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. And the word of God gives us hope. Claim the promise of that hope. Claim the promise of God's inspiration because notice what it does. This is my comfort in my affliction that your word has given me life. Or in time of trial and testing. And we all have that, and we all go through that. That's why we need the Spirit of God to give us comfort, to uplift us. Okay, let's continue on here. Let's come to, uh, we had 49 and 50. Let's come to 97, 97 and 99. Okay, verse 97. This one you've heard many times, but look at it, see. Oh, how I love your law. See, because if you love God, you'll love his word, you'll love his commandments, you'll love his law. And notice, tying in with having it written in our hearts and in our minds, it is my meditation all the day. And what you think in your heart, that's what you are. And if you think of these things in your heart, that brings conversion with the Spirit of God. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. They are ever before me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. And notice what it does. Okay? Let's take the next two verses. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. Isn't that something? Now, I don't want you to be like the man who shot his TV. He got mad at the TV because, you know, there was some commentator on there talking about something he knew was entirely wrong. So he shot the TV, neighbor heard it, the police came out, and he he got arrested for, for aggravated assault. Okay. Well, it didn't do any good to shoot the TV, ruin the TV. Okay. All right. But when you hear people say things and when you watch the news, how many times do you find yourself talking back to it because you know the word of God? See? Now, even if you shout back, you're not going to make it hurt at the other end. It isn't going to do any good to shout. See? So if it really upsets you, There is the power off. Turn it off. Okay? You know more than they do. And the truth is, God expects you to. Is he not educating you to be a king and priest in his kingdom? Yes. Okay. Here's what else it will do. Verse 101. I've held back my feet from every evil way. So if you're walking in the way of the Lord, you're not going to be walking in the way of evil. Now, stop and think about this for just a minute. By keeping the Sabbath from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, 
that's the day of pleasure for the world, is it not? Yes, indeed. Starts out Friday night with parties and boozing and carousing and all of this sort of thing. Saturday in the daytime, you've got all kinds of sports and sales and shopping and all of this thing. So just by keeping the Sabbath, that in itself keeps you out of the way of an awful lot of evil. Maybe you've never thought of it that way, see. I have held back my feet from every evil way so that I might keep your word. I have not departed from your ordinances, for you have taught me. Now, let's tie this in with where Jesus said, He who eats me shall never be hungry. All right, notice this. Verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now that is, as we could put it this way, the palate of your mind. Because it does so much for you to change you and convert you. And through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. So again, don't shoot your TV, just hit the power button. All right. Now, let's look at some of the things that cleanse us and how we are to change our lives with this. Let's come to 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. 2 Corinthians 6. There we go. All the way back there. Now, you're going to notice the comparison. Okay? You're going to notice the difference. And... Here is what Paul says here concerning how we are to be converted. Second Corinthians 6, and let's pick it up beginning in verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Okay? For what do righteousness and lawlessness have in common? And what fellowship does light have with darkness? That doesn't mean you treat people in the world in a harsh way. They just don't understand. But you can't have fellowship with them. Oh, come on, let's go down to the bar on Friday night here and and have a good time. All the women will be here and all of this. No, can't do that, you know. Oh, let's go to the ball game on Saturday. You know, this college game, it it is a great game. I like to watch certain sports, and I like I like football, and I'm glad they're changing the rules so they don't kill them every time that they tackle them. But, you know, you can't do those things on the Sabbath, see? You can't go out with them. Besides, I like to watch it on television. I don't like to go in the crowd. All right, let's go on. Verse 15, And what union does Christ have with Belial? Now, Belial are sons of worthlessness. That's generally attributed to what? False prophets. So we don't go to other other churches and say, how do you understand the scriptures here? Now, they may have some things that are right. That's true. But if it is, we prove it out of the Bible for ourselves. Or what part does a believer have with an unbeliever? 
And what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For you are a temple of the living God. Christ and God the Father are dwelling in you, exactly as God has said. See? I will dwell in them and walk in them and will be their God. That's the result of the washing of the water of the word, the cleansing of the mind through the spirit of God. And they shall, I will be their God and they shall be my people. So then we have a command. What are we to do here? Therefore, come out from the midst of them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean and I will receive you. And I shall be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty. Now notice what we are to do. Finish right here, okay? Now notice what this is to lead us to do. Now then, beloved, since we have these promises, we should purge ourselves from every defilement of the flesh and spirit. How? By the washing of the water, by the word. Okay? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, we, we'll have to add a little more to it because there's, there's one other step that needs to be. Let's come to chapter 10, 2 Corinthians 10. And this tells us how we are to do it. Chapter 10. This is the way that we need to do it mentally and spiritually okay let's pick it up here in verse 3 verse 3 for although we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh this is why we cannot use human betterment as a way to improve ourselves because that's the way of the world Yes, we need to be better, but we need to be better from the inside with God's Spirit. We do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the overthrowing of strongholds, that is, with the Spirit of God. And what stronghold is the hardest one to control and overthrow? The mind. So he talks about it, verse 5. Casting down vain imaginations. You correct yourself. You know when your vanity is starting to get a hold of you. You know when the thought is a wrong thought. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now notice what we are to do. We are to use our minds. Use the word of God. Use the Spirit of God this way. See? And bringing into captivity, that means you are controlling it. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now that's the perfect thing we need to do. We're going to fall short. That's why there's repentance. That's why there's the washing of the water of the Word. That's why in bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, we get the reliving of the past experiences and sins out of our lives. We remember the lesson like the Apostle Paul did. He remembered he persecuted the church, but he didn't relive it. See, 
when you relive those things over and over and over again, or there's something that just keeps coming back into your mind, coming back into your mind. You need to grab a hold of that thought, pray about it, come before God, and ask him to cleanse it out of your mind with the washing of the water by the word. Okay? Bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to avenge all disobedience whenever your obedience has been fulfilled. That's how you overcome the disobedience. You replace the disobedience with obedience. You replace sin with righteousness. You control your thoughts, see? And as the proverb says, guard the door of your mind. Okay, that's how the washing of the water is to work in our lives. For our overseas offices, please check our website, www.cbcg.org.